0: It's Ty Power's Bigfooty final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Bigfooty final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.
1: All right, we're back here on The Overnight Crowd. It is our Monday into Tuesday show, and one of our regular contributors from the Inner Sanctum is joining us, which is great. Jasper Chellapa, great to speak to you. How are you, mate?
0: Yeah, good, Jen. I hope you're well. I hope you're... Going well with all the com Games content as well?
1: Yeah, look, it's been a, an interesting, what, 10, 11 days and uh, it's always brilliant to see Australia do so well and see some of the other parts of the stories so as well. well. So it's been yeah. it's been absolutely incredible. So fun, fun to be following, I guess, for all of us sports fans. But a big part of what we love here in Australia is AFL. and We need to get back to speaking about some AFL. So I asked if you would come on and uh, help me work my way back through the round that was, if you're happy to do that.
0: Yeah, I think um, Friday night was almost the game of the year. I was fortunate enough to be at the MCG and what Collingwood did in the final quarter and what they've done for 11 final quarters in a row now um, is, is some of the craziest stuff I think I've ever seen in, in all of sports. This might be um, the most entertaining winning run I've ever seen, to be honest. It's It's truly remarkable what this Pies side has been able to do, considering I think they've been underdogs for almost the majority of this winning streak. And once again, on the weekend, they're going to be outsiders going up to Sydney. So they're not getting um, much love from anyone outside of the four walls, but they just keep doing it for this Collingwood side. And um, if if you haven't been able to watch that Friday night game, I highly recommend the highlights at the very least because it was so entertaining and, and it was some of the best football being played all season.
1: So where was it that they switched the game around with Melbourne, I think, leading at one stage by about 23? What was it that Collingwood were able to do as a blueprint against Melbourne? And also, I guess, what is becoming their signature for the Collingwood?
0: Yeah, well, Melbourne is such a good um, center bounce team. Their clearance work with playing all of the Christian Petrarca, Jack Viney, and then Max Gorn is probably the best midfield in the competition. And they were getting a run on out of clearance, um, winning the, the ball in the forward half, of the ground and, and being able to score pretty easily um, through those passages. But Collingwood being able to kind of nullify their influence in the middle, they don't have the best um, kind of ball um, winners, but they've got really good ball users around the ground and, and finding some space for guys like Steel Sidebottom, Josh Dacos, Scott Penelbury, who are all really good ball users. And then obviously Nick Dakos coming off half back, they started to get some ascendancy being able to transition the, the footy a little bit better. And Melbourne really struggled to, to cut off their attacking forays. They were really clinical inside 50. They stuck around. They were really efficient. Um, and then in the final quarter, as they have done for the last three months, they were, they were really hard to, to stop from just scoring um, in, in bunches.
1: So Melbourne will take on Carlton next week, or this coming week, I should say, and the Sydney-Collingwood game, as you mentioned. It's incredible that Collingwood on the back of 11 straight wins, sitting in second, uh, underdogs heading into playing the Swans, who are also a team in form. But still, you'd think surely it's got a to tip towards Collingwood.
0: Yeah, well, even the Swans on, on Sunday, they weren't too impressive um, against North at Marvel Stadium. They they gave up a lot to, to Nick Larky. I think he kicked seven goals. Um, I think Collingwood will be really, you know, really looking forward to this one because they finally go up to The SCG, they've played a lot of footy at the MCG. Um, They get out of the state, maybe away from the media for a little bit because it's been hounding them about various things. Brodie Grundy, Jordan Dugowie, the Collingwood um, club is always, you know, in the press and front page news, not just for the on-field stuff. So I think they'll be looking forward to going up to the SCG and and testing um, themselves against the Swans, who have been in really good form lately. And I'm really high on them going forward into the final series, but I'm very surprised that Collingwood's outsiders once again.
1: So a couple of games on the Saturday that don't have bearing on the finals. Hawthorne beat the Suns by seven. That one I tipped incorrectly. I went the Suns and then Essendon got done by GWS by 27. Again, I went the Bombers on that one. So those two games surprised me in results.
0: Yeah, I think um, that, that Essendon performance in particular was just so disappointing and the whole Suns one was it was really fun to watch, actually. That was a pretty entertaining game and a fantastic finish where the Suns came back really hard in the second half um, to make that a good game. Uh, but just on that Giants-Dons game, I thought the the way that Essner applied pressure and um, you know moved the ball was just not up to scratch. And they've had a good run in the second half of the season. I know they've been pretty meaningless wins considering they lost um, any chance of finals in the first half of the year. But um, it was good to see, at the very least, J.U.S., yeah, Bounced back um, after Spike McVeigh called out a few mm-hmm. players for their for their lack of effort in the um, in the derby last week.
1: Yeah, that was a response they needed to show. So maybe I should have realised that when I did my tipping. Western Bulldogs and Frio Dockers. Frio got up by seventeen over the doggies. Uh, a big win for, for me as a, a Fremantle supporter. Yeah, and a, a costly one for the dogs.
0: Yeah, they've made finals now as well, officially, yes. the Dockers, which is really exciting. And I think they've got a really nice run coming forward. So, you know, this is a really big win against the Dogs at Marvel where you would expect the Dogs to be getting a run on the last kind of month of the season considering what's at stake for them. Um, but Frio's now got a really nice run. They've got the Derby against the West Coast and then they've got Jelly West in the final round of the season. If they win both of those, I like their chances to actually sneak into the top four and get that double chance. So that's a it's going to be a really important fortnight for the Dockers, and if they do get that double chance, um, you'd, you'd say you know they're a, they're a pretty they're a pretty decent chance to make a prelim.
1: I'd Be happy with the double chance. I I I think I was at fifty fifty with this. I did tip with the heart and went with Fremantle, um, but it does it was a win that then if they can, as you say, win the derby and then go up against GWS with the win to finish with three wins leading in um, sneak into the four would be. Very lovely. What do you think about the chances for Western Bulldogs on the flip side? Can they make their way into the eight, or is it a bridge too far now?
0: Well, I was playing around with the ladder predictor a little bit on Sunday night, Um, and if you tip every single favourite, which includes Carlton playing Melbourne and Collingwood, they're outsiders for both of those, and the Western Bulldogs playing GOS and Hawthorne, they're favourites for both of those, the Western Bulldogs may actually sneak into the finals on percentage which would be absolutely crazy because you know they've been down and out for the last couple of months. I feel like every single week we say this is basically the elimination final for the do- for the dogs because they just need a win it to make finals. But here we are watching Carlton capitulate, and um, the bullies may be the beneficiary of it. And if they if they play finals, you know we thought they did last year. They're a chance from any spot in the eight.
1: Yeah, they're a dangerous team come finals time. They seem to thrive once they get into that. If they can get into it. Geelong and St Kilda, Geelong along with Collingwood going to 11 straight wins. A lot of talk around town across the last 24 hours that it is Geelong's premiership to lose, I suppose is the right way to say it. They are that far considered favourites at the moment.
0: Yeah, well, everyone's loving the way that Geelong is playing and it's fast and it's really entertaining compared to what they did last year, especially where it was a lot of uncontested marks moving the ball pretty methodically. They just know when to hit the switch and get it into Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cannon right now, and they're reaping the rewards of that. Um, I think what's going under the radar in terms of them is that over the second half of the season, their win streak's just as good as Collingwood's. Um, But we're all talking about the Pies one, obviously, because it was pretty miraculous. But the Cats just won't stop winning, and um, you'd probably expect that to continue all the way through the finals. What they've been able to do really well, in particular, is resting their players. They did that with that Joel Selwood, Patrick Dangerfield. They had two late outs. Um, Chris Scott playing mind games once again. So I think, you know, being able to steal these games where you're resting your best players um, is so invaluable for, for the Cats considering their age profile. Sitting on top of the ladder now, they're going to be having really nice run into finals um, against the Gold Coast and then against the Eagles at home to finish it off, plus the bye week after round 23. I mean, this team is going to be so fresh
1: coming into this final series. Uh, and on to Richmond, well, Port Adelaide taking on Richmond to close out Saturday. It was Richmond by 38. They come back into the eighth position at the moment and their run home, you think that they should be able to, I'm seeing, potentially head up to seventh.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think seventh is probably the, the goal for the Tigers now. They've got to get the job done against Hawthorne at the MCG and then also Essendon at the MCG. So two home games where they play their best footy Is vital. Um, And then two, you know, bottom eight teams obviously will be really helpful for them coming into finals. They're just like the Dogs. You don't want to play them in finals at all. Those two teams are very scary at the bottom end of the eight because they can turn on any given day um, and they have some really big game performance as well. I think this game said more about Port Adelaide though than Richmond. I thought this is a really toothless performance from the power and I think job's probably come under a little bit more scrutiny than it has previously considering they lost by 40 points at home to a team you know without Dosta Martin without Dylan Grimes two of their best players who who hopefully will be back to the finals I'm not sure Dylan Grimes will be but hopefully Dusty will be Um, uh, I think this is just a really flat kind of effort from Port Adelaide
1: we touched quickly on the North Melbourne Sydney Swans game from the Sydney Swans perspective but Jasper Let's look back a little bit more on North Melbourne and especially Nick Larkey. What's what's the ceiling for him? Can he can he continue to improve?
0: Yeah, so he's averaging two a game and he's on thirty six. Now he's obviously missed a couple of games there, but um, I think you know he could average. Oh, I think he could average two and a half goals and probably kick fifty in a season where North is the top eight side. He, he's a very very clinical finisher and he knows how to win the ball in the forward 50, not just take marks. So he's a very impressive player to watch.
1: Brisbane Lions and Carlton, this was a game that I think was pretty critical for both sides to see where they really sat amongst the eight. And Brisbane Lions, winners by 33, Carlton, now a team predicted to probably slip out of the eight.
0: Yeah, well, a lot would have to go wrong for them to slip out of the eight but it is all the favourites winning for them for it to happen. So I know there's a pretty slim chance with all occurring like that. Um, and they only need one slip up from the Western Bulldogs or maybe even Richmond to, to assure their position, even if they lose both of their remaining games. Um, but it is worrying signs for blues fans. And I think the bigger issue right now is not if they're going to make it is what they're going to do. If they actually do make finals, because <laughs> they're a pretty unimpressive outfit right now, the way, they started that game in the first quarter. They had a nice run in the second and the last quarters. But other than that, they got completely dominated by Brisbane. They play well up there at the Gabba, I know. But man, this was a really, really poor performance from the Blues in one of the most important games of the last decade for the club. Probably, you know, possibly the most important play, uh, game of Sam Walsh and Patrick Cripps' careers. They just, they just could not perform.
1: I guess. I mean, I heard. Um... Harry Mackay earlier across, I think it was on the couch, speaking about how the season has still been a success considering where they're coming from and where they're building towards. So they're saying regardless of whether we make finals, we can still consider this year a success because it's a big step in the direction we want to go to. Hopefully, for their supporters, they find some form over this last couple of weeks. What about Cripps, though? Going to the tribunal on Tuesday, what do you think his chances are of getting off?
0: Yeah, well going to be a really, really interesting one, and it could set a pretty interesting precedent going forward. Because I'm not even sure what you would call his collision with Archie. I don't think it was a bump; it wasn't intentional, obviously. So they graded it careless. But he's in the air; he's, he's twisted his body to kind of protect himself, or you know, not realizing he can't get the ball um, at a at an inopportune moment. I think he's pretty unlucky to get two weeks. Um but I understand how they've graded it and I understand Archie's come off um under the you know concussion test rule and hasn't passed that. So it's a pretty serious um result of the collision. It's just so different. If you're gonna if you're gonna grade it on intent and, and the action or you're gonna grade it on the result, um I think that's that's gonna be where the, the tribunal's won or lost because you know, you look at Archie's result and it's probably two weeks, but you look at what actually happened at the time? Um, I, I don't think that was malicious at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a, a free paid for it, but I guess for me, like trying to watch the replay and limited angles that that I've got available, that I assume they'll have more when it comes to the tribunal and their defence. Do you genuinely? Did you see it genuinely as a as a spoil that then was changed into a brace?
0: Uh, <laughs> it all happened so fast, yeah, does not it? Jen? I, I, in my opinion, yes, I, I think. He he braced the contact and, you know, unfortunately I think it was probably like his hip that connected with Archie. He was in the air already going for the ball. So um, in my opinion, yes, but I can see the point of view of others saying no. Mm,
1: me too. It's a one to wait and see what comes out for sure across Tuesday evening. The last game of the round was the thank you to J.K., game. Uh, There was a point in time where at one point, West Coast looked like they were going to be signing and sending him off as a winner. They couldn't quite get it done. Adelaide with the 16-point win, and JK, unbelievably, kicking eight in his last.
0: Yeah, this was my highlight of the weekend. (laughs) On a Sunday night, watching a key forward, kind of as you alluded to just before, Jen, kicking a bag of goals, um, just being fed the ball, get out of the way. It was JK's paddock and um boy did his teammates deliver to him on a plate. Boy did his set shot routine not let him down until the final five minutes of the game, unfortunately. But man, he kicking eight to go out. Um he, he's one of the all time modern day greats of the game, not let alone key forwards. He he has been absolutely superb for West Coast over a decade. He's just been amazing, two time Coleman medalist. He's got that grand final win as well. Um there's not much else he could have asked for in his career I don't think. And it's been fantastic to watch um him perform over the last decade plus.
1: He seems to me and I again coming from a two team town very often do you sort of give credit to the other side other personalities especially but I've really liked JK and I've always seen him. I know I think he held like a vice captaincy status for a, quite a few years there but he seems like a leader just who doesn't even need an official title as well. He's just got that ability to be um, a, a barometer for a site and an ability to have a quiet word with someone and someone that authentically connects with people. And I, that, I think that comes across in the media across Perth, which is why, again, I'm, I'm not a West Coast supporter at all. And I sort of go, oh, I really like this guy and um, so talented. Yeah. And he's kicking, is unique and he just stuck with it. He didn't change under everyone going, what are you doing? The stutter won't work for you. He was just like, yeah, I can make this work and it is working and it worked plenty of times.
0: Yeah. And I I spoke to Oscar Allen last week and, and asked him about JK, who was basically his mentor. Um, And this was just before he announced his retirement, but he spoke pretty glowingly of, of the old man. And he he said, um, you know, he's a legend. He he has so much respect around the AFL industry, not just because he's a great player, but because he's a great bloke as well. That feature um, is up on the inner sanctum with Oscar Allen. He's, speaks so glowingly about Josh Kennedy, the person as well. And I think it, it gives a really good insight into how beloved he is within the four walls of, of West Coast and how much they're going to miss him.
1: Isn't that nice? That's great. Um, well, that covers off the round that was. Jasper, thank you so much for joining us on The Overnight Crowd. We better let you get back to it, and um, we'll chat again next week.
0: No, always a pleasure, Jen. Thanks for having
1: me. Jasper for joining us from the Inner Sanctum. Just to wrap up the round that was in AFL and we can start to look forward to the run home, only two rounds to go. How are we all feeling out there? Let me know, 0433 981116. Let's chat here on The Overnight Crowd real soon.
0: When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.